airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. We'll open the phone lines in the last segment of the show. Get your mm-hmm. calls. Um, today, I want to I want to do several things. Okay. Really great. So I, I've been uh, communicating to you for a while, but then there are just things that just kind of continue to happen and, um, you know, just kind of increases the intensity of the sorrow that that we feel for the church. Mm. You know, we see what's happening to the body of Christ. And so, of course, we were talking about yesterday, First Baptist Church in Naples, Florida, and uh, this 19% of this congregation down in, in, in Florida that, um, that could not vote for um, Marcus Hayes. And it has become a firestorm of, I guess, controversy, but also accusation against the church. And so I was saying to you, we were talking about this last night after dinner, and I was saying, man, you know, and this is, this, I, I regret my words. Like, I, I think we can do better than just sort of, you know, feel bad. Like I said, man, I, I really feel bad for the church. Like, I feel bad for what we're going through. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. just, it really is grieving me. Yeah. I think I can choose better words. Um, and probably the better word is that I'm really mourning. I'm mourning um, not necessarily the attack on the church, because mm-hmm. we expect that. We expect the enemy to wage war against the church. We know that right. the promise is that the gates of hell shall not yeah. prevail against the church. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm I'm mourning, how susceptible we have been to the attack. Yeah, yeah, we've opened ourselves up, uh, and I think I think it's because we we've been uh, uh, asleep, mm-hmm. you know, for for mm-hmm. a while, and so things have been able to penetrate easier easier. Yes, because the right. guards have been down. You yes, know? and. And I think, you know, when we're when we're comfortable and we think we're making strides, uh-huh. we're not checking the rear end. You know, uh, we're not looking around and seeing what's coming up from behind. We're not going, you know, those blind we're not, we're spots. Man, you've talked heads. about this for yeah. so many years. Yeah, yeah. the blind spots. Yeah, right? you got to physically turn your head to see. That's right. <laughs> if there's something on the side of you and we're not <laughs> doing right. that. We're just like. Uh, That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so and so here we are. Um, and so what I want to do today is I want to do several things. And one of those things I want to do is I, I want to walk back. Now, to some people, this will be an unfamiliar walk back because you may not have listened to us long enough to hear my position before we transition to um, to AFR, right? Mm-hmm. So when we were doing the morning show on mm-hmm. Urban Family Talk, uh, we were almost daily unpacking this <laughs> this, uh, you know, attack on the church mm-hmm. and talking about woke theology and, and talking about um, the charlatans who really are proponents of this and warning the church. And uh, and so one of the things that that we did um, and some some of our listeners may remember and some may not. So in the interest of those who would not be familiar with our show, I want to kind of fill in some gaps so that this conversation makes sense. So a few months back, um, we watched a video where Akimini Uwan, 
who uh, calls herself like a street minister or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Public street theologian, theologian or, or something. something. Public theologian. Right. <laughs> and uh, she she was invited to speak at the Sparrow Women's Conference. And we played some of these clips for you. So even if you're not familiar with this conference or with this presentation that I'm alluding to, um, a while back we played some clips. You can always go check archives and, and get all of the shows if you miss any there. Um, but Akimini Uwan asserted that uh, white people needed to divest from whiteness, mm-hmm. that whiteness will kill white people and whiteness will kill black people. And she asserted that, you know, white women have options. They voted for a president and all of these things that she was saying, you know. And uh, when we watched this presentation that she made and, you know, we were just grieved. We shared information on social media warning the church. Because the Bible tells us that we're supposed to warn, that we're supposed to mark those that cause division yeah. among us, right? That yeah. we're not supposed to just let these people fly under the radar to make nice with them, right? right? That is not what's prescribed for the believer in the Bible. And so what we did was we posted um, a rejection of this. Like this is, we, the church must reject this kind of talk, right? right. This has no place in the body of Christ. This is an academic discussion. Mm-hmm. This is an academic philosophy. It's an academic conversation and it has no place in the body of Christ. So we call for people to reject it. Well, lo and behold, this, this woman, Akimini Uwan, who I've not met personally, had some friends, I guess, who's on social media and connected to us. And uh, these people began their attack on on us, mainly me, mm-hmm. right? Because I posted on my page that we have to, we have to, th- this woman is a wolf. Mm-hmm. She is misleading the body of Christ, right? And one of the things that I said to Will, and I, I said this uh, during the morning show, I said, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen, brothers and sisters. Here's what's going to happen. If you are not an academic, if you are not a scholar, you're going to be told that you're unfit to take part in this conversation. Right. Okay. Right. So in other words, you're going to be told that you're too stupid to know what's happening and therefore shut up about it. Yep. And forgive me because I know that's strong language, but that's what's being told. That's the sentiment. That's the sentiment. The sentiment to Christians who would say, well, the Bible says this. What is being told to Christians who tell you or who assert what the Bible says. They are being told that that's not sufficient. You need to go and read these other scholars. You need to go and read these other books, right? And so I said this, you know, not claiming to be a prophet, but just because I'm observing the culture, I'm watching what's happening. And so I told our listeners, let me tell you where this argument goes. This argument goes, the average churchgoer, the average blood-bought Christian is not smart enough to engage in this conversation. So this is what I told our morning show listeners at the time. I said, so here is what you've got to do. You got to lay all the cards out first, right off the bat. You got to say, you know what? Here we go. I'm not a scholar. Mm -hmm. I'm not an academic. I probably have not read as many people as you've read in life. I probably don't have as many letters behind my name as you do. You got to let them have that. Okay, because the enemy right now is trying to make cowards. And just a side note, even on the reading of these different books, some of the people that they're pointing to are not even Christians. No, no, no. Many of them are not. I'm sorry. Let me let me let me qualify that. Many of them are not. We take them over the Bible. Exactly (laughs) right. And but that's the sentiment. That's the sentiment. And let me tell you what the enemy is trying to do. The enemy is playing to the desire that many of us have to to be well informed. Like Mm -hmm. we we uh, exalt knowledge. 
we exalt being able to know. And so what the enemy is now saying is that knowing the word of God is not the same thing as knowing all of these great academics. Mm. Therefore, you are unfit to engage in the cultural discussion that's happening right now, i.e., look, cultural Marxism. Mm -hmm. They're not going to call it. They're going to call it social justice. All right. Right. They're going to call it critical race theory. They're going to call it intersectionality. But it's all under the banner of cultural Marxism. Right. That's exactly what it is. And, we're, and I'm, as we go through the show, we're going to look at this a little bit more closely today because we need to. Right. We need to. So one of the things that I said is that they're going to attack you. They're going to say you haven't read this. So I get into this social media war. And if you're friends with me on social media, you can do a whole lot of scrolling and you can find those exchanges. That was a while back. It was a while back. I know. It's a, I, you're probably not going to want to invest that time. But if you really want to see it, you know, you, you, you'll scroll. If, if you're petty. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you're probably not going to want to invest that time. I mean, I wouldn't. But, but here's the <laughs> thing. Precisely what I predicted would happen is what happened. Mm-hmm. So there were women on my page, on my Facebook page, who told me that I was not informed. Yeah. Who told me that Akimini Uwan basically was doing a service to the church by telling white people that whiteness will kill them and will kill black people and that they need to divest from it. OK, so I said, tell me where the Bible supports that assertion. Tell me where we can go in scripture and read that. Mm-hmm. And they gave me a list of books. And I said, no, no, let's say I don't read your books. Let's say I just want to get a biblical defense for that assertion and others that fall under this banner of social justice and critical race theory. Tell me where I should start scripturally. And their response to me was more links to books that I need to go and read. Right. Right. And so I said, okay, I'm not going to read your books. And you know what they told me? They, They said, okay, you just don't want it. That's what they said. In other words, I don't want this. I'm not a Gnostic. So I don't, I don't want this higher knowledge, right? I don't want to have this information, so I'm not willing to go and seek it out. In other words, the word of God is not sufficient. So here is what I said some months back. I said, listen, I said, family of God, there is nothing that compels us to seek something outside of the Bible because the Bible is not sufficient. Mm. Now, if we're going to read information because we want to know what's going on, we're perfectly fine to do that. Right. I mean, we add to our knowledge, we add to our faith knowledge and and the apostle Peter lays this out for us. Right. So that we can continue to grow and be fruitful for the Lord. Yeah. However, those things that we are reading are not a substitution for the word of God. They they do not take place. The word of God. They don't do that. They don't Mm -hmm. they don't uh, dethrone, if you will, (laughs) the word of God. Okay, as the as the, the the final authority for all of our living and engagement. But here is what I want to say today. And I'm going to make the case here, and I'm, I'm going to make this case very carefully, and I, and I hope that everybody's trekking with me here. I, I've, my strong conviction now is that for many of us, now this, I am not recommending this for every member of the body of Christ, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Many of us in the body of Christ are going to have to choose to read some of these books. We're going to have to know what's contained therein, And we're going to have to dismantle them. And we're going to have to share this information among ourselves because the enemy is doing a job keeping us in the dark. And because he's keeping us in the dark, you've got lies spreading throughout the church right now. And people don't know how to combat the lies because they don't even know that those are lies. (laughs) So they don't know the philosophies. 
right? They don't know the the, the current academic positions on these issues, yeah. so they're having a hard time contending with them. Now, as much as it pains me to say this, because I don't think that we need anything except the word of God. But I want to make a case today that for those who are strong in the Lord, for those who are mature believers, there are some of these books and there are some of these articles that we are going to have to read because we're going to have to know where the deception is. We're going to have to know what the current argument is so that we can cast it down. Mm. Now, I'm saying this very carefully, and here's why. Because there are some in the body of Christ, and, and look, the Bible lays this out for us, that there are different members in the body, right? Yeah. And there are some among us who are among us. They are not wolves. They're not deceiving us, but they are young, new, and weak in the faith. And these people, sometimes it's difficult to spot them because they don't think they're any of those things. Okay. (laughs) They're like, no, I'm not young, new, and weak in the faith. I've been here for a long time. And they think they're seasoned. They think they know all there is to know. But there are some among us who are genuinely bona fide, young, new, weak in the faith. And for them to read some of this material would be a stumbling block for them. So I'm not recommending that for them. I don't think that everybody in the body of Christ needs to be reading some of these books and needs to be reading some of these articles because I think that it would have the opposite effect on them. In fact, I think it would deter them. I think it would derail their faith. I think it would cause many of them to be shipwrecked in their faith. And we don't want that. However, I will say this. In 2 Corinthians the Apostle Paul was dealing with a church that had become overrun with false teachers. He called them super apostles, right? And these super apostles had infiltrated the church. And amazingly, if you go back and you read this, I mean, it's just amazing what happened. These super apostles were turning the Corinthians against the Apostle Paul. Hmm. They, were t- they were turning the Corinthians against the Apostle Paul causing the Corinthians to doubt, well, did Jesus really speak to him? Is he, I mean, is he really, like, is he a legitimate apostle? He's not like the super apostle. That's why you see a lot of the sarcasm when you read through 2 Corinthians. You see a lot of the assertions that the apostle Paul makes, but there was something very important and very critical that the apostle Paul writes to the Corinthians. He gives them, by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, this command that they are to cast down and destroy arguments Mm. that exalt themselves against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're going to take a look at that when we get back and kind of work our way from there. We're going to do a little bit of that today. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio, please don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Osby Berry with So Will I. 
Sherry B is over in Studio CC. Um, I, I unapologetically love and I prefer and I favor the body of Christ over any other group of people. Mm. Amen. I just want you to understand that. So, so the reason that we do what we do and the reason that we go in and we drill down on these topics and on these issues when we talk about protecting your children and we talk about defending marriage and we talk about standing up for the truth assertions yeah. from the word of God is because the body of Christ is precious. And I want to encourage and strengthen the body of Christ that we are worth fighting for. We are worth defending one another. We are worth standing up for the truth of the scriptures and saying, let everybody else be a liar. Mm. The, the word of God is true. And this affiliation that we have, we didn't just trip over and discover. That's right. That's this right. affiliation that we have, believe it or not, we weren't even born into this. We were born again into this. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it was purchased at great price. And so it's worth each and every believer standing up and defending the claims of Scripture. Mm. And so I want to I want to do that today. And I, I want to do that. And, you know, you guys at this point, you're probably familiar with me now. So, you know, that Mickey's voice rises, but she's not like mad. <laughs> I had to right? learn that. Right. You did. You like. I mean, it's, it's been <laughs> she gets excited, but it's just the way she communicates. OK, like that's that's I, it's just, I, you know. So if it offends anyone, I know you probably have to do a lot of volume checking. Like, oh, she's so loud. It's just passion. <laughs> My name is actually Greek for, no, it's not. It's <laughs> second, second Corinthians chapter 10, verse, verses uh, 3 through 5. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We like that part. We like that part. We quote that one a lot. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We like that part, right? Verse five says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God mm. and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Amen. One of the things that the apostle Paul said to the Corinthians in chapter 11, verse, verse 3, and I'll read it to you. He says, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Mm. The New King James renders that from the simplicity of Christ. Yeah. So Paul was concerned that these super apostles, these false teachers had infiltrated the church and they were leading the people of God away from the simplicity of Christ. <laughs> right. I mean, just guys, just think about where we are right now. Exactly. Think about the conversation. That, this is exactly where we are. You got to read this one. You got to read that one. You got to be you gotta up on this, this on that. You got to know that. No, <laughs> it's not just Christ. You can't. There is no antibiotic. It's got to be amputated. Mm. Right. There's no there's no remedy. What the simplicity of the gospel. There's no the the blood of Christ does not cover some sin. <laughs> there's there's some people who just there's no hope for them. They must be excluded from the body of Christ. And you get to make that claim. Man. Oh, no, sir. <laughs> oh, no, ma'am. We will not just sit back and allow that. Right. We will not just sit back and be quiet. I mean, look, I say all the time you practice taking the sting out of these words. So if people tell you, if they look at you and they say, oh, you just think that way because you have privilege, say it right after them. Just echo privilege, privilege, 
<laughs> Don't let people hurt you with that. Mm. So they say you're a bigot, bigot, bigot. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It isn't true. It doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? So what are we supposed to do? Well, we are instructed. The Spirit of God wants us to know that not only are we supposed to be praying and seeking the Lord for the pulling down of strongholds, but we ourselves are supposed to be destroying arguments and every lofty opinion that raises itself against the knowledge of God. Amen. We are supposed to be doing that. Amen. We don't just sit back and see how this all w- works out. See how it, this will all work itself out. Like Attorney General Barr said, you know, this is the pendulum is not swinging back. Somebody needs to get on the other side of it and push it. Mm. You need to push it. And here's the thing. You need to know, many of us need to know what some of these arguments are. Yeah. So we are tasked with rejecting all arguments and cultural attacks which reject the knowledge of God. If someone makes a truth claim, it must be measured or weighed against the word of God. That's every believer is tasked with doing that. Someone makes a truth claim to you then you've got to take that truth claim that they have just made and you've got to hold it up against the word of God. We call this the straight edge. Mm-hmm. How does what they just claimed yeah. align with the word of God? The word of God is the straight edge. That's right. If the truth claim that has just been asserted when it is aligned with the word of God does not align, if it disagrees with the Bible, then that claim must be rejected and it must be rejected without apology. Amen. We, we don't we don't we don't have to keep I'm just telling you, we don't have to keep making nice with these people who want to destroy the body of Christ. We should. <laughs> so human you've got what we're looking at right now in the church is we're looking at human reason. This is we're looking at man made philosophies that are trying to contend against the word of God. But here's the thing. When we enter into this forum, when we come into this discussion where we want to debate human philosophies, when we're going to do the work of destroying arguments, right? You're not going to serve the body of Christ well if you are not absolutely convinced about the veracity of the assertions of the scriptures. If you're not convinced, if if you've got, if you're like, I don't know, maybe, maybe there is a little, you, you don't get in. Mm-hmm. You don't get in. Because this is not that this is not the time this right now. What we need is we need those who have put their full weight down on the word of God. Amen. Who are like, this is it. This is all we Amen. have. This is our testimony. Right. Jesus Christ. And him above everything else. Mm. And so if you can't do that, you know, if you love your skin color just a little bit more than Come Christ, on. you need Come to stay on. out of the conversation. And I don't care what your skin color is. hmm. If you're conflicted, you don't know who gets top billing. Is it Christ? Is it culture? Is it ethnicity? Is it politics? If you don't know who gets top billing, you don't talk right now. And you know, because this stuff is sensual in nature and it will pull up on those fleshly desires, you know, to either be a victim or to be, uh, you know, in a position of power or or whatever it it may be. And so if there's any hangups, if it's not Christ over everything, This type of stuff will suck you in. You know, I had a conversation a while back with a sister and um, and this is I love these kinds of conversations. And her question was, Miki, what is what is the proper balance 
between being proud to be black and being a believer. Like I, you know, mm. I, I'm trying to figure out because, you know, I, I was raised to be proud to be black. Mm -hmm. Black pride was huge in my house. Right. And so now as I'm searching the scriptures, I'm seeing that, that maybe there was a competition there. Well, <laughs> yeah, because if you're black first, then that means you filter everything through being black first. Jesus Christ died that we might filter everything through being in him. Mm, come on. Now in him, Amen. we filter all of our engagement. Yes. The apostle Paul, if you see him, he does it with the Corinthians. He does it with the Philippians. Mm -hmm. You see the apostle Paul, he stacks up his pedigree for all to see. Yeah. He puts it he up high. He's like, out. lays it all out. Lays them out. Yep. And then he like kicks the bottom one from underneath <laughs> it. And they all topple because he's like, now I'm in Christ. Amen. Now, so that's the proper way to view who Come you on. are. Amen. All right? Like that's, and the, we're it, looking for Bible prescriptions And it here. doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change like that I'm a black man, you know? Right. That, right. Those things are, are, are what they are. But man, I'm a new creation in Christ. My, I, I, don't, I don't have all these loyalties and allegiances to a culture. My allegiance is to, is to Christ now. Amen. First Amen. and foremost. And everything else is beneath that. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. That's not the conversation that people want today. That's not the conversation that people want. They want you to enter a discussion first identifying yourself. You know, you, you get to choose your gender pronouns, I suppose. Foolishness. Right. And then, of course, they will automatically assume some things about how you immediately present, as they call it. Then they want to know what your politics are. <laughs> and all of that, they are deciding how to categorize you. Man. So this is what I say to people over and over and over again. I'm a Christian. Amen. I'm a Christian. When, when I called Yale back and he wanted to know if I was a black woman, I said, I'm a Christian. <laughs> but, but are you black? Are you black? That's what he kept saying. Man. He said, I'm a Christian. And, and the thing about that is a lot of this stuff, some of the inroads to this leads to like a certain type of politics. That's exactly right. That's, <laughs> let me let me let me say something to to people who don't. And I want to I, I got to I'm going to pick up the pace here because we're not going to get to all this information that I have here. OK, so let me let me say something to the people who don't understand cultural Marxism and who think that if you because, look, there's white people who are woke and who think that they are going to try to get out of the oppressed class by giving up positions of power to other people, right? Or let me say this, what is happening in the Southern Baptist Convention is that you've got woke white people who are giving woke black people certain positions. But I'm going to make a prediction for you, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay? And I'm going to make this prediction publicly. The woke black folks will not be completely satisfied until the woke white folks get out of those positions for their sake. Mm. That will be true progress. Do you understand? So it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough for Russell Moore. It's not going to be enough for J.D. Greer to give black people positions of power within the SBC. It's look. <laughs> black people are going to have to have those positions. Mm. So that's when you're going to see the clash because because it's it's all well and good for Russell Moore to be, you know, appointing and placing and putting and doing as long as he gets to be, you know, Russell Moore. Right. <laughs> but you better watch out, Russell Moore. You, you better watch out because critical race theory topples every institution that submits itself to to it as a framework.
as a lens through which it operates. <laughs> that's my prediction. That's my <laughs> that's my prediction. Okay. <laughs> not until not until the president of the SBC is black or a woman will we truly say that there's progress. And guess what? And it doesn't matter if that person is qualified. Doesn't matter if they should be in that position. Only matters that they're an oppressed minority. That's that's ultimately where critical race theory goes. That's ultimately what happens. So just watch for that. So now we're talking about these arguments. We're talking about these these philosophies that we have to demolish, that we have been tasked with destroying and tearing them down. Cultural Marxism, I'm going to lay out a couple of claims of cultural Marxism, and I'm going to talk about how we need to counter that. So cultural Marxism says that there's no cure for your sin of oppression. If you are the oppressor, you hear us talking about this all the time. If you are the oppressor, you will always be in the oppressor class. There's no way for you to get out of it. That's why Chelsea Handler, the performer and the comedian, is doing this tour and has this show on Netflix where she's talking about privilege. But even in that, she's constantly being checked and that she's using her privilege to talk (laughs) about black people who have no privilege. She's being checked in her own program, her own show, where she's trying to highlight that it's harder being black in America than it is being white. And the black people don't like it. They say they don't need the white woman with all her privilege telling their story. It's crazy. So you're going to tell me that we're going to take that as a framework and bring it into the church. That's chaos. Right. These people are in a state of madness right now. And you want that to be a part of the church's conversation? No, sir. No, ma'am. Cultural Marxism asserts that one day all of the oppressed will awaken to their oppression. And this is what cultural Marxism banks on to topple, to change, to upset social norms, to upset society, that there will be that revolt that they hoped for after World War One. This the revolt that they had hoped for, but never got. This eventually will be the revolt that they get. Hmm. That those who are perpetually oppressed will will one day their numbers will increase to the point where they get to upset the apple cart and all of the oppressed will be on top. But here is the problem with that. Now, that's what is presented. But if there is ever an end to oppression, then there is no cultural Marxism. Hmm. So by definition, you can't ever have it come to an end. Right. So let me tell you what they have done. So this is why it's not just black people who are culturally oppressed. It's black women, not just black women. It's black women who are lesbians. So it never stops. It never stops. A group that's more oppressed. So that the group continues to grow. Haven't you looked around and haven't you wondered? You're like, what do Muslim women and radical leftist women have in common why are they marching together why do you see pink hats and pink hijabs like what's going on like what is because we need numbers Mm. so let's get together on the points where we are oppressed and so for the muslim woman living in america she's oppressed because america (laughs) and for the white liberal woman living in america she's oppressed because america so we can find that common ground to increase our numbers but no one ever gets out No one ever breaks free from their oppression because Mm. as soon as you think that you've gotten out, there was another way that you have been oppressed that you just learned yesterday. Wow. Wow. (laughs) 
That's why Oprah's oppressed. That's why LeBron James is oppressed. <laughs> because it's not about economics. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. And if it's God that I'm after, I just can't serve to master. And before something happens, I gotta turn it all around because I know I can't just have my cake and eat it too. Cause it's real easy to stay on the fence and still do you. And it'd be cool if we could love the Lord and still go do our thing. But see, it doesn't work like that. You gotta be white or black. I want to hear from you. What are some of your thoughts as you're listening in and uh, hearing some of this information? And there's more that I want to share. In fact, I want to read a couple quotes to you as well. But, man, that's that seems like such a lofty goal because I'm wordy (laughs) like that. 888-589-8840. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's Jonathan McReynolds with No Gray. Sherry B is over in Studio CC and she's taking your calls right now. 888-589-8840. I would just let you know that uh, under special initiatives, which is part of what Will the Great and I do here at the American Family Association, we are working on a booklet to put together um, just sort of, you know, in in layman's terms, Mm -hmm. this is what critical race theory is. This is what intersectionality is. Uh, We've already had a booklet from the American Family Association that exposed cultural Marxism Mm -hmm. and where leftists want to take this country. Eva Tagliano did that, did an extraordinary job. And so in similar fashion, we're going to put one together that exposes uh, critical race theory and how cultural Marxism is the umbrella for all of that. And uh, we want to get that into your hands and and we'll do that as soon as it's ready, as as soon as we, we get it all together, because the enemy is wreaking havoc on the church and yeah. we've got to respond. We've got to use the gifts that God's given us to contend for the faith. And we've got to do that earnestly. And the thing, a, and, and the thing I want to say too, is that uh, the enemy is banking on people not knowing what this stuff is. That's right. It, but it will, it's not a thing of what I don't know won't hurt me Be, No, it because will hurt there's, you. there are people who are in congregations all over that don't understand these terms and, and what's happening, but it's being implemented in certain ways in churches all across the country. That's right. That's right. Let me move quickly through some more. And then, um, will you just let me know whenever our callers are queued up and ready okay. to go? And if I can get to a couple uh, passages of quotes from uh, Jay Gresham Machen, then then I'll do that. But we'll just see. So cultural Marxism makes power and privilege the inescapable wickedness of the few. Power and privilege. Power and privilege. That's the inescapable wickedness of the few who have great power over the many who don't have either of those things. Right. So that's what cultural Marxism says, that that's those are the oppressors, those who have power, those who have privilege. That's why what began to uh, to come into common vernacular is white privilege. This was academic. This was at the collegiate level. This was none of our business, guys. This was none of our business. This was not a conversation that we were having. But you can see how these things slowly make their way into mainstream Mm -hmm. and then makes its way into the church. Yeah. So power and privilege, the inescapable wickedness of those who are the oppressors. Now the Bible says, and, and conversely, those who are not the oppressors, those who don't have power, 
those who don't have privilege, they are the righteous ones. Mm. So the wicked ones are the ones who are in power and the ones who have privilege. (laughs) The righteous ones are the ones who don't have any of those things, guys. This is why we talk about virtue signaling. Mm -hmm. It's like showing that you're not bad, even though you have power and privilege. It's virtue signaling. It's, it's It's telling the village, I'm okay. All right. Which is what I believe was 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 happening or is attempting to happen down at First Baptist Church, Naples in Florida. Virtue signaling to say, hey, our church, though, we're big and we're majority white. um, We're OK, because, look, we have a black pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And we okay. we actually had a clip of, you know, that kind of being said that this would be leading the way, you know, in the SBC by well, being, being able to do this. I think we should play it, Will. Let's okay. play it, and then I'll go to phone calls. All right. Okay. And African-Americans in particular, let me tell you why. Um, the, the minute that you step off the plane, if you are successful this weekend, you may be the most recognizable uh, African-American leader in a region of 1.1 million people. Uh, the only individual that we have had close to that in the last quarter of a century was Dr. Wilson Bradshaw, who was our uh, state university uh, president just right up the road. And uh, I mean, you, you have talked about a variety of things, and we understand that you are a conservative, that you are truly a man of God, but we, we want to take you and you and all of us to a new level within the Southern Baptist Convention. So that the voice you hear and it's cut, it's a it's a cell phone recording, right, mm-hmm. where you've got Pastor Hayes and his wife sitting on the platform. And that voice that you hear is the chairman of the pastoral search committee, right. Neil Dorrell. And basically he's saying, I mean, you're the most recognizable African-American face. You step off the plane. Everybody know what this is, knows what this is about. And basically he's saying that their church will be a part of taking the SBC to a new level. So because we've got a black pastor we're going to be a part of this progressive move right. within the SBC. That's virtue signaling. And that shouldn't be a part of the search for a pastor. That's not how you decide who's going to pastor a church. That sounds like what you were talking about yesterday. Almost, And I'm not saying that Pastor Hayes is not qualified, but it sounds like affirmative action. It's like we have to, we're going to lead the way in the SBC going this direction because we have a black pastor that's a part of this big church in Florida. Can you, can you imagine the Apostle Paul... Man saying to Titus, for this reason I left you in Crete, that you would set it <laughs> off with a black pastor, right. somebody that's really going to move the church forward. That wasn't forward. one of the qualifications. I don't care about the loose <laughs> women. I don't care that the Cretans are oh always gluttons. Their poets are right. Don't worry about any of that. I left you in Crete to set it off for Jesus. <laughs> Find the happiness, most hippest. Like, just go at it, Titus. That's, can you imagine? Like, that's nowhere in the scripture when you look at the qualifications for an elder, for an overseer. Right. It's not about making a statement. Right. Right. This is offensive, guys. And look, this has nothing to do. Well, actually, that's not true. It does have something to do with skin color. But from the perspective that I'm looking <laughs> at it, my the reason I'm upset is not because of Pastor Hayes' color of skin, obviously. And I hope that that would be obvious. Right, right. What I'm saying is that the integrity of the scriptures is on the line. Amen. All right, let's go to the phone lines, Will the Great. All right, let's go to Shelly in Texas. Hi, Shelly. Hello. Um, first thing I want to say is that I, too... I'm a woman who has been faulted for getting excited and raising my voice because <laughs> of my head. Um, so I really appreciate making you and your both. It's incredible together. Um, a lot of the things that you've been talking about 
in our world. Uh, I run a two-acre farm and am a widow, and I have young people from all over the world come and help with my farm. And the last young man who came had time that anybody who voted for Trump is racist and mm. kept using his dark and realistic and factual information, and he just stayed stuck on that one point. Everybody who voted for Trump is racist. Okay. Hey, hey, Shelly, 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 it's hard to understand. It's hard to understand. Man, I'm having a hard time understanding what she was saying. saying about someone uh, who was helping her. Uh, or, but basically, that's a person was saying that anyone who voted for Trump is racist. And she was mm. saying how this type of stuff goes along with what's happening in, in, in our world, in yeah. our country, at least, you know. Yeah, exactly. These type right. of sentiments. Yeah, you know, and and let me let me let me say this too. Um for every Christian who voted for President Trump, you need to be ready and able to defend why you voted the way that you voted. Right. You don't let somebody just accuse you of being a racist or fear-mongering and all of that stuff. You need to be able to give a faithful defense for your civic engagement. I'll mm-hmm. just say that. And I can do it. Like I I mean, yeah. and look, you you know, by the way, I mean <laughs> Anyways, all right, go back to the phone. Go back to the phone. Go vote well today. The all right. Uh, yeah. uh, Angela in Mississippi. Hi, Angela. Hey, everybody. It's Angela, the voice behind the mic. I uh, oh. got into my car, and I was listening to Vicky, and I was like, yes, that's <laughs> it. That is it. Well, what you were saying was that, you know, why, why does it have to be uh, – I'm black. Uh, I'm going to put it in my own words. Why is it that I'm black and I'm proud to have uh, more presidents than the blood of Jesus um, and him crucified and what he did is enough for us? You know, the scriptures that God reduces the proud. So when you say I'm black mm-hmm. and I'm proud, what are you really saying? Mm-hmm. Then you, you say you're a Christian. And to me, and I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Hang up. Um, there's only one way. And that's the human race. That's right. Amen. And so, and so Christ and what he did, him being crucified, his blood, that is enough. Mm. That is enough. Why does my color have to have some type of uh, superiority over someone else? Because it infers that someone is inferior. And mm. I want to listen to you guys. Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you, Angela. Angela. I appreciate your comments. I, I can't add anything to that. I, I agree with you 100 yeah. percent. Having a new identity in the Lord Jesus Christ is what really helps this to make sense Amen. for a lot of people. Amen. Let's go to uh, Lindsay in Texas. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, how are you? Doing good. I just have a praise for you guys. OK, I'm so proud that y'all are standing on the truth and saying people wake up. Amen. If it is not biblical, it is not right. Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm I'm so, like, I just turned on the radio, actually. I'm driving, because we live out in the boonies, and I'm driving in. Well, anyways, (laughs) and I was just like, when did we become smarter than God? Right. When did people think that, that, oh, go read these papers. I kept giving you all these information. Go read. When did it become that we are smarter than God? Mm -hmm. Right. No, right. you're right. Thank That's you so right. much, Lindsay. Appreciate you, Lindsay. Thank you for calling in. Where do we go next, Will the Great? Uh, let's go to William in Texas. Hi, William. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I'd like to put a little 
logics behind this cultural Marxism. So if you take the group that's claiming to be oppressed and we flip roles and they take over the role of the oppressors and the oppressors be- then become the oppressed and the oppressed now become the oppressors. I believe that this is nothing more than the same old playbook that the Bolsheviks used yes. uh, during the Russian Revolution oh, precisely. to unseat power and, mm-hmm. and put themselves in it. <laughs> and we already know by the foundation of their behavior and how they, they act towards conservatives and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that the outcome would be absolutely horrifying and dangerous to, to life and liberty and, and everything that we cherish mm. and thank God for. So uh, this is something that we don't need to take lightly. We need to really uh, shout it from the rooftop that this is a dangerous movement. This is not yes. just some simple thing where we're going, oh, oh here, you can have my job. No. Come on. It's far right. Deeper. It's far deeper than that. It's mm-hmm. more sinister more demonic it it is actually brewed from uh from hell itself Mm. this is a concoction that only the devil could could uh inspire Mm. look brother william let me just let me yes let me just jump in here and because you get the gold star you get the gold (laughs) star i mean the the um george lukacs who was in power in bolshevik hungary um, this this is exactly what this is. This is Bolshevism. This is exactly what it is. It is toppling institutions so that you can ultimately control individuals. And right now, what Satan is trying to do is to take the last frontier. The final frontier is the church. The church. That's that's yep. the last like holdout. It's the body of Christ. It's the church. And right now, what is happening? And sadly, and it's not just in the SBC. Mm-hmm. It's also among the Presbyterians. Mm-hmm. It's 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 also I, I would say the United Methodists are having their their issues with this as well. But the aim is to topple the church because the church is the last line of defense. Mm-hmm. That's the last line that they've got to take. Let's try to squeeze in a couple more calls. All right. I have uh, Essence from Texas. Hi, how you doing today? Doing good. Excellent. Hey, I kind of disagree with bringing books in the home that are other than the Bible to see what's in them, because that's like bringing a Ouija board in your home to see what it does. If a okay, person brings other books into their home and mm-hmm. aren't fully armored with Scripture yet, some of those other books will settle in their mind, and mm-hmm. they may think later it's somewhere in the Bible, and uh, they're, they're going to have that lie in the back of their mind. So we don't need to see what the devil is coming up with. We need to recognize and reject it. With Essence, I hear you. Let me jump in, though, because I don't have enough time. I want to I want to comment on what you're saying. I hear exactly what you're saying, which is why my strong caution was for those who are weak in mind to not read the information, to not read the articles. But you do not see any of the apostles running away from the common thought of their day. You see them well-versed in the poets. You see them ready to argue, ready to give a defense. So we cannot be afraid of this. I do not think that reading what some of these philosophies are, I do not believe that it is the same thing as checking out a Ouija board to see what happens. Now, I understand and I agree with you that we must use caution, but this is an intellectual attack. And let me tell you something, the body of Christ, and not you, Essence, you, meaning the body of Christ. Let me say this to the body of Christ. We are fit for an intellectual attack. We can strike back intellectually. 
Mm-hmm. This is not just, oh, I just believe by faith and I don't know how to really defend that belief. No, 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 no. We have everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. Amen. So this is a square off intellectually speaking. So we've got to sharpen ourselves and be ready to go back at these people intellectually speaking. We have to know where the, the chinks are and where the dents are in their armor so that we can contend against this. Now, we use the word of God to do it. We use the word of God to do it. All right. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.